0: So, Paul, thanks very much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, as you know here, we on the Back Self Show, our focus is on people who are super, like, early stage, going from that journey of being like, I've had an idea. They've had that conversation with themselves. Where they're like, you know, wouldn't it be cool if, wouldn't it be better if this happened? And then they start to make something. And, you know, we focus on people who are either like at that even ideation stage We're going all the way through to maybe just past seed and starting to look at series A. And the reason we exist is because we want to just have some basic answers to some really simple questions, you know, like what do I put in the pitch deck? What do I tell investors? Who should my first hire be? What's best practice when building a product? How do I win my first customers? All these really things that people just seem to just get and know the answer to, but actually it changes over time. Best practices change. Um, and things are happening and you know that's why we want to get some serious answers from people who really know the game. So Paul just kick off, um, imagine we're on a first date, tell me about yourself and what you do. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well thanks for having me on, Um, so yeah my name is Paul, I help run um, Bethnal Green Ventures and uh, we're you know a VC firm who focuses on what we call tech for good, so businesses that could be really high growth, really profitable, using technology but they're also having a positive social and environmental impact hopefully on millions of people's lives so that's what we set out to do uh we've been investing since 2012 although well, there's a bit of a backstory to that but I, can, I we can maybe talk about that um and we've invested in yeah well over 100 companies now um we we love doing that bit that i think you love too the, the super early stage so when people are really like they they get a problem a customer problem or in our case like often a social or environmental problem as well um and they've got an idea about how they can solve it and they want to build you know a really great venture to do that and that's the, that's the stage when we love to get involved so um, our first investment is uh, is, is thirty thousand pounds you know and then we we follow on into people's pre seed and seed rounds and and maybe up to series A as well but that's that's the exactly the bit that we love doing but we just we love doing it with those mission led companies that are trying to solve a big problem in the world
0: so when you say for good social and environmental impacts, how do we understand what does that mean
1: So for us it means uh, you're trying to achieve one of three things maybe 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 more than one of each, if you see what I mean. But so the first is that you're trying to help us move towards a more sustainable planet. So, you know, that's about tackling climate change, about uh, improving biodiversity, all those kinds of things.
0: What, stuff do you now, like, what, is, what kind of stuff that is, is that?
1: So take uh, a company that we funded, I think about sort of two years ago now that are doing really well called Lettuce Grow and they're a um, vertical farming technology startup. So they built a, a piece of technology that basically makes vertical farming, indoor farming up to 90 percent more efficient. So wow, that it wow. uses way less water, way less energy and you know there is the potential there that they could really make a, a dent in the, the the sustainability impact if you like of our food system yeah so they're a technology company is that yeah. what they are so they, they they've developed the uh the technology that enables that that those farms to be more efficient it's both software and hardware um and they're based in bristol like fantastic team like doing doing super super well so they you know they're going to be a well I hope they're going to be a really big company but they're also going to have that measurable positive impact on the on the world as well amazing
0: okay so that's the that's that side so the social side
1: yeah so then the next um outcome we're trying to achieve is is, you know a better society um that could be something around education so trying to like help people learn better so um You know, one example of that would be um, Bright Little Labs uh, who produce content for kids that helps them learn about technology and coding and all those kinds of things, but does it using a much more diverse set of role models. So not just like white guys like you and me, um, Yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's helping like seven to 11 year olds see people like them who know about technology and helping to learn through those kind of role models.
0: That's amazing.
1: Um, um, and that, that's the, the, the main character is called Detective Dot. Um, and yeah, so they're, they're an example of like um, a company that's really trying to have an impact in education by getting more diverse like role models into the way that kids learn about tech. And then the other area of better society or one other area is uh, around like uh, low income workers. So trying to build products and services that help low income workers to get get on in life, to be honest, and um, so one example of that would be um, Organize, uh, who've just done their sort of, uh, you know, an investment round with AIDA Ventures, and they've already got like well over half a million people signed up in the UK to run campaigns within their workplaces to try and improve the work, you know, their, their working life, whether that's, um, you know, Iraq could be around harassment, could be around conditions, all those kinds of things. And uh, so they've already broken actually quite a lot of stories that you might have seen in the news in terms of things like the, the Ted Baker harassment case and so on. That actually came from an organised campaign um and you know that's that's another venture where like they're having a really positive social impact for those workers but actually there's real value in the business as well because they've got incredible information about like how good these companies are uh, which is obviously very valuable to investors and to you know other other stakeholders for those businesses as well so you know those are the kinds of businesses in that in that area and then the final area is um is healthy lives so that's around you know startups that can improve our health whether that's mental health or physical health um so one company in that space would be uh, second nature that help people who've been diagnosed with pre-diabetes to not go on to get diabetes or type 2 diabetes um and uh, again they've just done their, their like pretty big series a they're growing really really well uh, and they're also uh they, you know they work with the NHS but also with like direct to consumer offering as well um and the yeah the impact of like you doing the second nature program is is really you know it's really important for the people who are who are using it so yeah that, that's the range of kinds of startups that we're well, I mean, it's,
0: I'm quite moved by this Paul I'm going to be honest um so it's amazing so what made you that's quite a calling because I think you know, we'll come back into how the economics of this work because I imagine there's like, yeah, you know, some interesting side to this, and I imagine they struggle to get funding elsewhere. Some of these, but we'll talk about that later. But focusing on this, so how did you get into this game? Have you always been a saint? Oh, <laughs>
1: um, so I, I, yeah, I mean, it's going back quite a way now, like, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been around for a bit, um, but um when I left well actually when I was at university as well I um maybe even a bit before I'd always been into kind of activism so you know whether that was campaigning about environmental issues or you know third world debt or whatever whatever Mm -hmm. it was um but I think I I sort of got to the point where I started to feel the limits of campaigning a bit in terms of like you know what you could actually achieve and after that I I moved into like doing actual public policy stuff. So working for think tanks and writing like reports that would try and influence like those, those kinds of issues. And I did that for five years. Um, But again, actually got a bit frustrated. Like, yeah, you you can have, you can make some impact on the world by doing that. Um, And it's, it's, it is very valuable, but I started to see that actually you could, do this, some of this stuff that we were recommending just practically by starting a company. And actually, you know, the, the cost of starting a tech startup was pretty similar to writing like a pamphlet into or a, a report for a think tank. And so I left and started an ed tech startup um, back in 2006. That was like, that, yeah, it was, a, it, it was a ride in terms of, you know, we had, we had a, a, um, an amazing time trying to build basically a marketplace for adult education. Uh, called school of everything and uh raised you know money from angels and uh from from various other people as well um and learned how did a few you find that? How did I, you I mean,
0: that process it was hard so it was looking hard. back from 2006 to now you just before the crash money was pretty available but now people are going people get it, it's tough right how did you find it
1: yeah so it was it was um we 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 we, we almost exactly hit the crash in terms of when we were trying to raise our series a, uh, which made it basically impossible to raise money. So we had to switch tactics and become, you know, effectively try and uh, generate revenue much more significantly scale back the team, obviously all those kinds of things. And in the end, it didn't really work out in terms of it didn't become a massively scalable business. It was, a, it was an okay business. And we, uh, we exited in, in, in 2011, but, um, I just, I learned a huge amount through that. And I also learned that there were lots of people who actually like cared about these issues that we were talking about. So in that case, it was education, but who were in slightly frustrated by their jobs in the tech sector, because like the jobs at that time were in banks or in advertising agencies or, you know, whatever it might be. And actually they, they would come out at the weekend and we were running these like weekend hack events to come and like volunteer to, to work on products and services that did have a positive social and environmental impact. So they might be doing something, you know, in their day job, which was met, you know, their, their skills were useful for, but actually, yeah, yeah. you know, they would, they would volunteer to do these things at the weekends. Um, and yeah, we just sort of noticed that there was this groundswell of people who were super talented as engineers or as you know marketeers or whatever it might be and who really wanted to put their skills to use for social impact and that's really where the idea for for BGV came from was sort of seeing this community of people who would basically ask us like well how do I quit my job to, in order to to like to, to do, do this. this yeah um and that's really how we came up with BGV where it was like yeah okay well let's let's create an offer to people that helps them to just take that first step out of a day job or out of like you know after university or whatever, you know whatever it is um so we we started a an accelerator program basically to, for uh tech for good startups in summer 2012 during the olympics in london and uh we we invested in six companies with just we i think we had uh t- like a fund at that stage of like eighty thousand pounds or so um, did you raise
0: that yourself or was it your own money or
1: no it was um, well so a little bit was but it actually came from um, a foundation called nesta. Um, yeah, no, nesta yeah yeah so nesta to their credit like saw there was something in this and just said okay like here's a bit of money to to try that um and uh, it worked out and actually like uh, <laughs> There's two of the companies from that six companies that are now like multi-million pound, you know, businesses. And um, wow, who are they? So there's uh, Fairphone, uh, who are the like world's most ethical smartphone handset manufacturer. Uh, yeah, I know them. Amazing. Yeah, so they're they're based in the Netherlands. They we were their their first external investors um, when it yeah, what, when it, great. And that was that was summer 2012. And then the other one was um, uh, Doctor Doctor, which is a really interesting company. Uh, who like we invested and then they 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 make smart appointment systems for the nhs basically so like trying to improve health administration and over the years since then they've managed to just like grow and grow and grow without taking any other external investment just through um just through you know contracts with with hospitals who like try it use it, save money and like and and, and invest more. That the team has grown and grown and grown. And then actually yesterday, uh obviously like COVID made their business go slightly crazy in terms of uh demand from hospitals. They shifted to helping hospitals to do video consultations as well. They've seen huge growth um and yesterday they announced their their Series A. They they're doing super super well. So um yeah, so that was, that was the first cohort. And I, I, you know, I think everybody looked at it and was like, oh, hang on, there might be something in this. So we managed to raise more money off the back of that, that little cohort. And we've, um, we've been doing it ever since. And we moved from being an accelerator programme to, to still having a programme, but we, we now do uh, follow-on funding for the teams that go through that programme. So we've become a fund whereby our first investment is for during this three-month programme, Tech for Good programme that we run twice a year. But then we follow on into pre seed and seed rounds um, uh, into the ventures that where it works out. And obviously, it doesn't work out all the time, but, um, but that's, that's our model now.
0: Amazing, amazing. Um, I love hearing that story about Dogs Doctor. They've used that mythical fundraising methodology of getting your customers to give you
1: money. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's mind blowing.
1: In the current climate, marketing is hard. But do you know what isn't hard? making sure you never miss an episode of your favorite podcast. So tap the follow button on your podcast and you'll never miss out on the latest episodes of Unicorny or Marketing Difference. You can even go back and listen to our back catalog of amazing episodes. If you do that, please leave us a review. It would mean so much.
0: Um, Okay, so that's super cool. Moving on a little bit, also getting into the weeds. Now, I, I speak a lot to investors and I can imagine if someone comes to them with a tech for good idea or something like that, it must be quite, they probably struggle to get money because imagine it's a slower route to profitability or, you and then these guys getting the kind of valuations that a B2B SaaS product is going to get or something like that. Like it's a little bit hard. That's kind of like, you know, if you're B2B SaaS, like people just write checks, it seems to be the case, right? Especially if you're a fintech, like if you're, but if you're a tech for good vertical farming product, I imagine that's less fundable, generally. Um, so, how do the unit economics work for you guys? Is it is it is it harder? I mean, are you getting the kind of X's that other people are getting? Just is that is that a tough gig?
1: Um, it used to be, but it's changing like really quickly. Um, oh, really? So, um, we certainly for the first like five years of BGV, it was like you know it was a struggle to get the mainstream tech investment world to mm-hmm. to 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 even get it, uh, to be honest. Um, but that has, that has changed in the last two years. So, uh, we're now co-investing effectively with very mainstream venture funds, whether that's, you know, uh, uh, you know, Berenjea on second nature, um, Longwall long wall on let us grow. Amazing.
0: Um,
1: and, uh, you know, I think that there, there's, there's some reasons behind that, but, um, And the the valuations are just the same as any other company if if it's for good. Um, And some investors are also getting it in terms of actually for good can be a real competitive advantage in terms of hiring. So like, you know, you get the best
0: employees. I bet you do. Yeah.
1: Um, And also it gives you a great moat in terms of like defensibility. If you're, if you're a company that's like built a brand around, Uh, having a positive impact on the world it makes it very hard for somebody to come in and just undercut you because like you know why would the customer choose between the one that you know does the does the better the better job if if you like Um, and also i think other investors are coming under a bit of pressure now from their lps so you know when you you're looking at big institutional capital that goes into venture capital that then goes into the startups those LPs are starting to really care about like what's the impact of their money on the world because they're getting pressure from their customers. So if you're, if you're BlackRock uh, and, you know, you, you move money around the world uh, starting to like put pressure on your managers to, to say, okay, like, is this, is this having a positive impact on the world? Because yeah. we, we don't want it to have a negative one because that's bad PR for us. Um, yeah. Likewise with, ass. Likewise with pension funds, pension funds, uh, like, you know, we're it's ordinary, ordinary members of pension funds are increasingly saying, hang on, like, if you're investing in like oil companies, that's when I, when I get to pensionable age, I, I feel like it, that's not yeah. a good thing for you to be doing now in terms of climate change in the future. So there's real pressure coming down the line from LPs for for more impact investing as well. So The pressure on the venture industry is coming from two ways. It's coming from founders who want to do something good, but also from investors who want their money to do something good.
0: I love that. And I'm so glad that's happening. That's the power of Twitter. Good on them. Yeah. (laughs) Telling everyone that they should be doing things better. Keep going. Question for you. What are you seeing a lot of in terms of coming through or the deal flow? like what's popular right now what's hot what, what i mean what i love about vcs is that i think they can see the future some vcs take a little bit too far they literally think they can but like <laughs> you know you see those because they come in because you're seeing the next tech one like, what's going to be big so help me here you know what's the where should i'm putting my money what's the superstar stuff that's coming through
1: the last uh, like 18 months we've seen a real rise in founders who've got really great products and ideas around climate stuff um, i you know i don't know whether it's the the greta effect or you know um or, or just people really you know obviously seeing the seeing the news and watching the pictures of california or of flooding and all that kind of stuff um but we we've definitely seen a real increase in people who are just taking a kind of life decision i you know i'm going to try and build something that that, that addresses climate change um And there's, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's definitely a real, really interesting space slightly related, but um, we've also seen starting to see a real increase in people who want to tackle air pollution. I think, um, you know, the, the, the fact that maybe, maybe it's a bit of like what happened in lockdown in terms of the air quality getting better, all those kinds of things, but, um, and and people just recognizing the health effects of of air pollution. But um, yeah, that, that's an area we've seen increase in. Um, I think like, it's interesting like mental health has been uh a really interesting area for tech for a while i think we've we we made our first investment into a mental health startup back in 2013 i think it was um and then like no investors were interested in mental health they just didn't see it It as like market if you see what I mean yeah but, yeah yeah but now obviously with things like calm or headspace and stuff like I, you know investors get it much more so I think there's there's a lot more stuff around mental health uh, which is really which is really positive as well
0: yeah is there an ethical issue profiting over mental health
1: uh no not as long as you you are doing what you say you're going to do and actually helping people to improve their mental health you know I think that's that's the other part of what we do is that you know, we set out with the intention to have a positive impact, but we've also got to measure that impact. And that's, that's the difference I think between kind of what we do and what some people who say they do for good investing is, um, is that we, we help the startups to measure their, their impact. So they, uh, they are then able to tell, um, you know, their customers, their investors, like, you know, we said we were going to do this and this is what we do. So, you know, I mean, Dr. Doctor is actually an example where they can do it in pounds and pence. They can they can tell the hospitals who are their customers how much money they've saved them. So sure, that hospital is paying money to Dr. Doctor in order to run those smart appointment systems. But Dr. Doctor is able to tell the hospital literally how much money they've saved by using Dr. Doctor. And that's really important to be able to measure that impact, to be able to measure that cost saving in that case. But sometimes it's actually a it's about, like you know, better mental health outcomes or co2 reduced or uh, increased you know earnings for low-income workers so we always want to be able to measure the positive impact that startups have you should also measure the negative as well but you know that that's a slightly different question i think we also got to check that we're not having unintended consequences with our investments as well so you know funding something that says it's going to have a positive Social impact, but we don't want that to be at the expense of having a negative environmental impact, if you see what I mean. So it, it, that measurement piece is what makes impact investment different from like, standard investment. Um, and, yeah. that's, that, and we would definitely consider ourselves to be impact investors. We want to make sure that we're able to prove that we've, we have had a positive impact.
0: I'm so in on that. I think it's awesome. I really, like that. I really like that. All right. We're on to that bit where I ask you these questions. Now, are you ready for this? <laughs> okay. you're ready for this oh this is perfect for you okay um i guess one quite well this is a good one what's your top recommendation for best startup book he said asked him with the library behind him
1: <laughs> um so i would actually say bad blood <laughs> what so bad blood is the story of uh theranos uh, which was, you know, I mean, it's all going through the courts at the moment, but is was basically could be a, could have been seen to be a tech for good startup. It was, um, you know, the founders said they were going to revolutionize healthcare by basically producing pinprick of blood tests that would cover every, every, well, not every, but like lots of medical conditions and they convinced like loads of mainstream investors that that was true. And like, they raised hundreds of millions of dollars to do that. Um, and, but they never did it. Like they never actually delivered on the promise. Uh, it was, you know, um, and it's, it's a story of how people can get carried away by the promise of technology. Uh, especially if I think if there is a kind of social element to it or, or a positive impact to it. Um, and it's just that cautionary tale of actually, you know, you can't trust that everything that says it's tech for good is tech for good. And, um, I think it's also just a brilliant story, uh, because, um, you know, it's, it's got everything in terms of like, you know, the, uh, the, the highs and lows of startup life, but also, you know, um, just, just seeing how, uh, how they tried to cover it up and all those kinds of things as well. So yeah, bad blood, definitely recommended, uh, recommended book.
0: I I didn't expect you to say that as well, so I'm all in. All right. If you would start a startup today, what would it do? But if you are starting one and you're in stealth mode, don't tell me.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely on the uh, the investor side of the table now. I think. Um, I think. Um, it, it, it would probably be around uh, energy and climate. I think. Uh, I, I. I mean, that's a sort of. It's just such a it's such a big issue uh, that that needs a lot need long term solutions. But I actually think I think we know what the solutions are. We just need to like get to the point of organising people and resources to, to 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 get to net zero, uh, and that's where tech is really good. Actually, like tech is about helping people to change their behaviour or to reorganise systems and all those kinds of things. So I think there are huge opportunities for for tech startups to. To, to really help in with climate change um and, ta- and tackling climate change. So I think, yeah, I think it, th- there are other areas, but I think that is that is one that's just if the timing is right to start like startups that are genuinely, genuinely going to change our energy, our transport, our manufacturing and all those kinds of things to make them net zero.
0: Amazing. Okay, well, I'm sure some help. Give me, give me a hold We'll do it together. All right. Okay, cool. All right. Okay. So final two questions. Um these are the ones I ask everyone what is the dumbest thing you see startups do all the time
1: um build a product without talking to anybody
0: oh my gosh amen <laughs> i said this all the time to everyone every time someone says that i just want to high five them and say talk to your fucking customers you idiots yeah
1: um yeah i think uh yeah just building build, building product in a vacuum so you've got a great idea for a product but but you don't actually test whether that's something that people want or or whether it's something that could even work um so yeah I think one of our one of our biggest things that we're looking for when we interview teams for our for our program and for investment is like you know what what evidence have they got that they've that they've spoken to people and that those those people have told them yeah yeah this is this is something that i want this is something that i need um so yeah i think that's that's the, that's the most common mistake is that people think they've got a great idea but they, they don't actually go out and talk to people about whether that is a great idea
0: i'm so with you on that like it when people say to me like, oh yeah i don't want to take my idea i'm like fuck off <laughs> like, no one's gonna see it from you yeah because someone else already had it for a start okay um, second of all, it's about execution. It's not just about the idea. I'm 100 with you. Okay. So, and then the other question, what's your one single piece of advice that you give to everyone? Else?
1: What's my, my one single piece of advice?
0: Um, Let me set the scene, okay? All right. I've walked through the desert. I've climbed up a mountain. <laughs> I've gone into a monastery. There he is. Sat right there on a throne at the end of the monastery. It's dark. And I walk up to him and I say, hey, start a company. <laughs> what should I do? And then you as an oracle, give me one phrase. What's it going to be? <laughs> uh,
1: so I think it's probably, it's, it's, it's find other people to do it with, um, which is, um, you know, it's, I, I, it, it's it's still a bit controversial, isn't it, to say that actually I, it is very, very hard to start a company on your own. I, I'm not saying it's impossible. I, and certainly, you know, there are great examples of, of, of companies that have worked like that, but... Um, I just think in this, this day, it's so much easier and so much actually more fun as well to do it with a group of other people who've got, who bring something different than, than, than you have yourself. So um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in sort of small co-founding teams uh, that where that where the, that, that group of people all has different skill sets and they can come together to, to build something brilliant. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it might, main piece of advice to somebody who wants to start a company is you know find some other people to do it with
0: thank you so much like this has been really great and like even better than i'd hoped so thank you so much for your insights; it's been really good and um thanks so much for coming on the show
1: thanks for having me